Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tidewatt Tech, episode 79, Top 10 Tips of 2011, recorded December 26, 2011, brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementop.com. You did great, Mark. Thank you. <laughs> I think the only way I could have made that more difficult is like top ten tips by Timmy Treadwell of two thousand. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You know, I could have thrown a few more tuz in there. Top ten teacher and tech tips of two thousand eleven. Yeah, right. <laughs> and of course, then there was the redundant recorded December twenty sixth, two thousand eleven. Yeah, yeah. But that's all right. I like to be redundant, and I like to repeat myself. But a bunch. <laughs> so, we're going to punt this week. We're going to do what everybody else does at the end of the year and do a top 10. Why? Because it's easy and we're lazy. And it's the holiday. It's the day after Christmas. I personally still have family back in the other room. Uh, Sean is probably like me and still has a mountain of wrapping paper that has to be picked up. So, uh, right. we're just going to uh, not actually give you a whole lot of content. We're just going to recap a little bit, sort of a year-end wrap-up. Uh, and um, hopefully, we've picked the best of our best picks. Yeah, I know. As I was going through uh, and reviewing all my tips of the week from from 2011, uh, I got down to about maybe 12 or 13, and then I really had a hard time cutting mine down from there. I don't know about you, Mark. Um, no, actually, I just kind of picked five at random. I'll be honest Did with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tried to go with my top five, but it was it was really tough. I mean, uh, see, because certainly- all of mine are winners. See, that's why. Ah. Yes, yes. Well, yeah, I loved uh, the vast majority of mine I really liked, but I got down. I probably easily could have done a top 10 because uh, there were some really good ones. Uh, but, you know, that's uh, we don't want to have a two-hour show either. Right. I know I know you don't feel like doing one of those tonight. <laughs> so how was your, your Christmas? Uh, it was good. Uh, it was uh, very typical of the holidays. I think, you know, when you have little kids, uh, you're kind of happy when it's finally all over. Um, yeah. From, uh, you know, rushing around and making, you know, Christmas Eve ceremonies at the church and right. opening gifts. And uh, it's just one mighty blur that I'm just kind of glad to have behind me. But How late were you up Christmas Eve? Um, not too terribly late, uh, quite honestly. I took care of really everything. Like, I wrapped all my presents um, on the 23rd. So I took care of all of that kind of stuff. And my kids are so young that, you know they're they're not up late or anything yeah. like that so uh but uh yeah the 23rd the evening of the 23rd was really when was my late night i was up till like midnight wrapping presents and doing all that kind of uh, stuff no, my wife and i crawled into bed about two forty-five christmas eve night oh uh, after having you know done the santa thing and then um and then the kids woke us up uh, uh actually later than normal it was about seven. Oh, okay that's so, pretty good yeah, that wasn't terrible and then uh being on a sunday this year we had that odd thing we had to uh, open our presents, do all that, then get ready and go to church. Um, so we did that. Uh, so And then we had two waves of family. We had a, an afternoon wave and an evening wave of family come over. Wow. Uh, and then some of them came back tonight, too. So we've sort of turned a, a one-day celebration into two. But it's it's great. Uh, I just, yeah. My wife used the Pod Pod to wrap presents in because it's secluded and private and the kids aren't allowed in there. So she knew she'd... Uh, be alone. I came in here to do this show, and there was like not one square inch of space to put my laptop or to to do anything. She had filled. I've got this eight foot table in here. She had filled all of it with wrapping paper and boxes and tape and scissors. 
Oh, wow. And it was all still here. <laughs> so I had to do up a little tidying up. I have a picture that I took of my three-year-old, Elise, um, literally knee-deep in wrapping paper at one point during the day. Um, it was just, it was it, I, it looked like um, a Christmas wrapper store erupted in my living room. It was terrible. Because, <laughs> you know, our kids are little, so they get cheap stuff and lots of little cheap stuff. So, like, you know, My, my Little Pony stuff or, or Little right. Dollies, and they all cost a buck or two each. And so, you think, oh, you know, I'll spend $20 on them. Before long, that's 25 presents, and you've only spent, you know, 25 or $30. Um, so, yeah, there was lots of wrapping, lots of boxes. The boxes came up about halfway to the top of the tree. I'm, I'm not kidding. It's a, it's a seven-foot tree, and the boxes were oh, three and nice. half, four feet tall. Uh, but as a kid, those are the memories you cherish. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. They won't remember that it was cheap crap that we bought at the dollar store. Right, because, the, you know, five years from now, they won't have or play with any of that stuff anymore anyway. Well, five weeks from now. <laughs> right. <laughs> the, 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 of course, the in-laws brought us, uh, they, they're fond of bringing musical instruments, those the gifts that keep on giving. Um, so we now have a harmonica and an electric guitar in the house. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. So we've already had to have some rules about that. Those are to be played in your room or outside. No worries. <laughs> so next on the list is uh, somebody's got to buy them a set of drums. Yeah, yeah I, I fear that. Or a tuba. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But my favorite uh, toy for my youngest two, actually, is uh, a great big box. <laughs> They've been playing in that all day long. It's amazing the things you can do with a box. You know, it's like Calvin's and Ho- Calvin and Hobbes. So we we bought all these presents and everything, and and we they have them, but they're more interested in playing with the box right now. Okay, nice. Yeah, I think that plays out across America. Usually, when you've got those small ones, they they love stuff like that. Yeah, because a box can be anything. Right. It's a fort. It's a princess castle. It's. Uh, you can flip it over and push each other around and it's yeah. a car or a sled or <laughs> my three-year-old crawled into one of them, closed it on her and yelled out, I'm a present. Open me. <laughs> You're like, can I return it? <laughs> <laughs> I already checked in the return policy at the hospital is terrible. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I checked on that about two weeks after they were born. It didn't work. Well, it, it's funny you say that cause I had a similar, uh, story uh, my son is uh, 14 months uh, now, and um, his favorite toy of all the toys he got, he got a, a lot of different uh, little things and, you know, anima- animated cookie monsters and all these kinds of things. Um, but his favorite toy was just a round ball. All right. So, yeah, I, I guess, you know, the classics never die, but... Uh, he, it was the he certainly seemed to enjoy opening the presents. He doesn't quite totally get the whole concept yet, but you know it was neat. People were giving him new toys, so he thought that was cool. Yeah. But the the only real expression of joy that I remember seeing on his face as he opened one of these gifts was was just a little round ball. It, it's uh, gosh, I don't know, maybe the size of a bocce ball, uh, rubber ball, and he just absolutely lit up when he opened that and then he wanted to play with that and didn't want to have anything to do with anything else so that's funny yeah yeah so it's great how those uh those sometimes the most basic gift for a small child uh, is the best thing you can do you know i think i mentioned on the last show that i, I was building a smoker uh, i got it all finished and actually smoked the christmas turkey in it this week and uh, uh that was a joy a joyous thing to be able to do 
Oh, nice. Did it turn out okay? Yeah, it was great. It, uh, in fact, we have been munching on leftovers happily. Uh, oh. <laughs> funny story. Um, my mom uh, loves the way I make a turkey. Um, and she brought me a turkey a couple of weeks ago. Well, actually, earlier in the week before Christmas and said, would you fry this for me? And I said, sure, I'll do that. So I did my usual routine. I I brined it for, you know, 24 hours and, and treated it and seasoned it and, and then fried it up for her and then carved it up and took it to her on a platter. And then on Christmas Day, um, when I had gone to pick her up to bring her to our house for Christmas, I said, have you... Uh, um, been enjoying your turkey and she said no but my cats have been liking it it's been saving me the trouble of buying cat food oh no so thank you mom <laughs> i put wow I put 35 hours into your cat food for you <laughs> huh well last time you'll be doing that yeah, I, I could guess. have thrown that thing in the microwave for 45 minutes <laughs> well i have a uh, a similar uh, mom and uh, smoker story uh, believe it or not <laughs> Uh, so, uh, my smoked ham has, uh, over the last, I want to say probably three years has started to become an institution in my family. And, uh, it, so my mom and no surprise to me asked if I would smoke a ham for Christmas and, uh, I agreed. Yeah, no problem. She asked me this probably about two weeks ago. Well, uh, it comes up and, uh, I mean, it's literally, it's Christmas Eve day and, uh, I know she's out shopping with my brother and doing all that running around and stuff. And uh, she hasn't mentioned anything about a ham since. And she had, she had told me previously that, you know, she was going to go and buy everything that I needed. And, you know, I just have to take care of smoking it. And I said, yeah, no problem. And uh, so uh, it's Christmas Eve and my brother is uh, having some people over kind of having a little uh, Christmas Eve uh, party here at the house. And my parents come over, and uh, it's 9 o'clock at night, and my mom brings me this ham that I'm supposed to smoke. <laughs> she has no idea what smoking means, does she? Right, right, right. So uh, not only that, but I don't have any charcoal or anything. You know, I if I had known that this was going to happen, you know, maybe I would have been a little more prepared. But um, she was supposed to have brought me any, everything I needed anyways. And uh, so she brings me just a ham, and I have no charcoal, no no wood or anything like that. And, uh, so at like nine 30, I'm out trying to find a place open that has charcoal. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And I end up finally finding, uh, on down the road somewhere. Cause Walmart, I mean, everywhere's closed. I mean, if Walmart's closed, who's open. Right. And, uh, I, fi- I find a Walgreens and I literally hit their door at nine 55 and they close at 10 and bought their last bag of charcoal. For $17. And, uh, no, it wasn't that bad. I, I think, uh, Charcoal lighter fluid uh, ran me like uh, $14. So it's still, yeah, a little pricey. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so I get all that. So I don't actually start smoking this ham until about 1030 Christmas Eve. And, uh, you know, I know anybody out there who has ever smoked a ham before, you know, you can do it all kinds of different ways. I slow, slow, slow cook them. Uh, really low heat, and uh, generally it takes me about 12 to 15 hours to smoke a ham, at least a good size one. This was a very large ham. Uh, so, yeah, I was up all night Christmas Eve uh, 
you know, smoking a ham and tending to that. And uh, See, that's why you need an electrically fueled one. I'd put mine in before we went to bed, flip the switch, and forgot about it until the next Yeah, day. I was actually thinking of that. I was thinking of the episode. I know it was just a couple episodes back that you were talking about the electric smoker, and that has pretty much fueled my fire that I will <laughs> be making a, an electric smoker here soon because um, – it was just, it, you know, it's a nightmare. You got to, you got to get at that thing every, uh, oh, I don't know, forty-five minutes to an hour just to make sure that right. your coals are, you know, your temperature is staying steady and you've got smoke going and everything else. So, uh, yeah, there will be an electric smoker in my very near future. Well, I think I'm going to go ahead and finish out the plans. I did them, you know, for me, but I think I'll go ahead and finish them out and, and make it all done and, and post them online so you can make one like mine. Uh, all told, and this is a big smoker. It's. Uh, three feet by two feet by two feet so uh okay 24 feet of uh cubic feet of, of cooking area it's big uh, uh-huh. i could probably do six turkeys in it if i wanted to the whole thing cost me 300 bucks to build oh so, but that's that's good yeah so it's uh uh it's definitely something you might want to consider even on a uh, on a meager budget yeah yeah absolutely well with one that large i mean if you uh every time uh I don't know, the season came around or whatever, you could probably charge people 50 bucks well, a hand. <laughs> yeah, that was actually my plan. I thought, uh, you know, a couple times a year, there's like, a, you know, Independence Day and Memorial Day and Christmas Day uh, and Thanksgiving. People want those sort of things. And uh, and so, yeah, I, I could uh, buy a $20 uh, turkey and sell it for $50 and people get a bargain in the process. You know, fully smoked, ready to go bird for $50 is a pretty good deal. Right, so, right. Uh, yeah, I've. I, I've, that's part of why I built it that big. Another part was that was the size the sheet metal was came pre pre cut in. So, <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> nice. All right, so we've we've had our smoking adventures for the yes. holidays. We've got that behind us. And you wanted to mention, Sean, our last episode of the periodic table with what what I hope is the most bizarre title we'll ever have, but I kind of think not. Yeah, uh, well, I don't know. Uh, I'll just give the title first off: butt mints, crotch nuts, and crack crack. Uh, and that was one of a myriad of yeah, my, my vote was going to be for head mullet in charge that was going to be my vote <laughs> well if uh, if you haven't listened into that show uh, part of what we do with that show is as we're recording uh, the participants will put in the show notes their uh, any running ideas for a title for the show so as funny things come up or whatever they'll type that in and that was the one we came up with but uh, I, we must have had what, probably fifteen to yeah. choose from. Yeah, it was a, it was the most wide ranging and goofy show we've done by far. Probably the most adult show we've done too. Yeah, I, I could safely say that. Uh, and I'll also say I think it was the most entertaining for me. I, I, it was the most fun I've had behind the microphone, I believe. Yeah, of course, it's only our fifth episode, so you know it's it doesn't to say it's the most of anything. The, the, who knows? Years to come, we may top that many times over. Well, uh, and that's just why I wanted to mention it because, uh, you know, most of our shows are pretty straightforward. They're very topical. And uh, uh, if you find us mildly entertaining at all in any of our shows, then you definitely want to listen to this one because I think that's where you're going to get the most entertainment uh, bang for the buck. Most definitely. And we would be zero. It's already generated another voicemail from our recurring friend, and it looks like he's going to be regular co-host Jim. Oh, good, good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> love it so yeah check it out uh if you haven't already uh, you got to go listen to that one at least once and i would say uh listen to this one if you haven't listened to any and hopefully you'll become a fan of that show and i just wanted to uh, put a little word of warning out there 
Uh, if anybody is using TweetDeck and sees the news that they now have a, a native uh, Windows or Mac version and rushes out to download, don't. Stop what you're doing. Don't do it. Twitter a while back bought TweetDeck and made it their official client and have totally ruined it in almost every way. Really? Yeah. And, and, and the fact they have really broken a lot of the Facebook integration. It's now truly a Twitter client that kind of does Facebook. Um, oh, wow. And it's just terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Um, it's the most bizarre thing. It's not resizable. I mean, you can't. Really? It's, they, they make the windows a fixed width. You can't even resize it. Um, <laughs> and they've locked you into a single URL short, shortener and a single uh, image poster, and you can't post videos at all. They did add some cool things like uh, scheduled tweets. That was kind of a cool thing. But Okay. Uh, almost immediately after I installed it, I wanted to be rid of it. But they have uh, done a pretty good job of systematically removing all uh, instances of the old Air app from anywhere. I finally found it on an old download site and was able to go back to it. So uh, if you've got Linux, for example, they they don't even make an app anymore. They just abandoned that entirely. They don't care. The the Adobe Air app uh, still works on Linux, but their new native apps don't at all. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't whine. I didn't try it. Wow. I'm just going to say uh, maybe it's going to get better, but right now, stay away from the, the new version of TweetDeck. That's sad. I think uh, I think we mentioned that, though, when we first heard that news. I think you put it into one of our shows, and we were really concerned about that. Yeah, it's uh, it's been out a while. I just recently tried it a couple of weeks ago and then spent two weeks looking for another version. If anybody needs it, email me. I'll send it to you. I have a copy of it. Oh, there you go. Okay. Well, um, and, uh, and we now know how long it takes Sean to update the uh, uh, running tips uh, forum posts. You know, I, I tease him yes. periodically that that he gets right on that. In fact, it turns out to be one of those end of year things that he does before the close <laughs> of the uh, annual. Yeah, I finally got in there today and updated the tip of the week archive. And uh, one, I noticed that yeah, it's like a semi-annual thing. Because uh, the, the last time I did it was June, so <laughs> uh, and uh, and I'll have to admit the only reason I was doing it is because I had to do research for this show, and I didn't really have a good method to do it other than going back through each show and going through the tips of the week anyway. So while I was doing that, I might as well be updating the archive. So uh, so I went ahead and did it. But uh, yes, it's finally updated. Um, so uh, got it, got it all up there, and uh, uh, some of it is just links. Other ones have somewhat of a description uh, along with them. Uh, that kind of depends on how we've actually put it into the show notes. I know, Mark, you just copy and paste it on over, right? Right, usually. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Maybe one of these days I'll get a wild hair and maybe go back and and make up some some sort of a short description of each one but uh but they're all up there so if you remember hearing something cool in one of our past shows and you want to uh go back and find it uh go check out the tip of the week archive it is updated through last week's show awesome um and there won't be any new ones this week so we're good through the end of the year right so I thought the way we do this is I'll do one, you do one, and we'll go back and forth until we've we finished all 10 of our top 10 list of uh, tech tips. And mine are not in any particular order. I didn't do a 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. I just picked the, the five that I use most and, the, and that I think are the best overall. Uh, yeah, I, I, I did the same thing. I didn't uh, – no particular order on mine, and uh, I had a hard time cutting mine down to five. But I hope I came up – I came up with, I think, what – 
uh, in my eyes, was the top five teacher tips. So, so the first one I'm going to do. Uh, by the way, have you seen um, uh, Twitter and Facebook posts exploding with Pinterest posts lately? Uh, no, I haven't actually. I, I, I haven't guess noticed. It's, it's my circle. It's finally spilled over. And you know, you have we've talked about it before. Those there's those like hinge people that once they do something, it spreads through a social circle. And then right. it has to come through and it has to hit another hinge person. Well, one of my hinge people got involved in Pinterest. And, and Pinterest is just a website where you can post clips of things that interest you. You can basically make your own pin board or you can make a public pin board. But what okay. made me think of it is just like in the couple minutes we've been talking, there have been like five posts to Pinterest pop up in my Facebook feed. Uh, ah, it's just okay. going crazy. It's it's dozens of them every day. Anyway. Well, you know, and so many of those, uh, those kind of new cool things that you sign up for they always want you to share with facebook right. or share with twitter i never do that because i'm just that. yeah yeah i'm afraid of spamming everybody that follows me so i, I never I don't sign care up to, to do know that. that you just leveled up in possum kingdom whatever on facebook i don't care make it stop doing that right or even uh even things like uh oh what am i trying to think like some of the social bookmarking sites and yeah. stuff like that you know i'm not going to do that even i mean uh, if I want you to know about it, then I will specifically tell you, you know, I'll specifically make a post if I think it's good enough. But uh, people, if you do that, please don't. Yeah. One of my really good friends is into that. And and I'll send her an email saying, girl, you're killing me with all these posts. Stop it. And she'll say, well, just mute it. It doesn't bother me. I never see them. It doesn't matter if you see them. Everybody else sees them. Right. And you doesn't can turn that, that off. Doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose? I mean, if so, she would rather the three hundred people in her friends list mute it than she go in and turn that option off. Right, right, just wrong. Okay, now, rant over. My first okay. tip this week is going to be one that was suspicious at first and can still be kind of scary to use, but has saved my bacon on more than one occasion. And that's called Driver Pack Solution. It's a uh, uh, from a Russian website, Driver Pack dot uh, no DRP dot SU. Uh, um, and it's, if you're not careful, you'll actually get a Russian, uh, language theme, uh, thing. Cause it's, 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 and you, there's no direct link. You have to download it through a torrent. So there's all these sort of red lights that go off. These are all things that, that don't seem quite right, but you know, I've used it, I've checked it out and it seems to, to be on the up and up. It's just, um, you know, sort of an unusual way to go about it. Uh, but, um, it's really a very cool tool. It's a DVD, um, f- uh, seven full seven gigs, I think it is, of uh, drivers for Windows machines, Windows only, but all versions of Windows. I, I mean, all all the way back to Windows ninety five. Oh uh, wow! And and you download the thing, you burn the CD, and it then searches anything on your machine for its huge seven gig database. If it doesn't find it, and if you have a network driver. It'll then search on its website for something that might have been posted since the last DVD download. And I've only found one thing ever that it wouldn't find, and that's because the the driver that the manufacturer had made was wrong. So it was sending me, quote-unquote, the right driver, but it wasn't right. It was a Realtek driver that uh, the, the Realtek themselves say was right, but it isn't. Uh, so um, I actually had to, ended up having to go back and get a different uh, older version of the driver but yeah check it out it's a very impressive tool driver pack solution mark i haven't i haven't used that one yet but i have a specific situation at work that i think i may give that a shot um i have a desktop hp printer uh, of course that a teacher purchased but uh swears that 
the HP says that the drivers are included in the standard Windows 7 drivers. But then you go into Windows 7, and Windows 7 can't find a, a driver that works. So you kind of got this no-win situation, right? Right. HP says it works. Windows 7 says it doesn't. And there's just there's no help there. So uh, I may give this a shot at that one and see if it uh, if it finds something that'll work for me. Yeah, and that may be a situation where you know that what they'll feed you is the same driver that HP says works. That's kind of the situation I was in. Yeah, and I you know I, I don't expect a, a miracle, but it, it would be nice. It'd be interesting to see if it uh, if it did fix that for me. So, um, all right. Well, I'll jump in here with my first one, and uh, it's a good one. Uh, it's just a research and documentation online fifth edition. Uh, I, I Rado five, no, <laughs> right? And no, yeah, Rado five. I guess yeah is the best way to to say that. Uh, no uh, real catchy website name or you know uh, Goobaloo or anything like that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but uh, but it's appropriate because this site is just it's probably the best one I've seen out there for doing any kind of research uh, online. It's a great starting place. Uh, it's probably not going to be all-encompassing, but um, if you're doing some serious research for a paper or something like that, or obviously if you're out there and you have students that need to do research on a paper, this is a great site to uh, get them on uh, and maybe even at the same time teach them a little bit about how to do research on on the internet uh it's brought to you by hackerhandbooks.com and that sounds kind of scary but uh it's only called that because one of the uh creators is Diana Hacker so uh so nothing uh, nothing crazy going on there on the site uh they cover four basic uh, disciplines, I guess, uh, humanities, social sciences, history, and then the pure sciences. Uh, and you go in there and you can find all kinds of authoritative uh, research, uh, I guess, sites out there on the web. So it somewhat aggregates these sites, but, uh, but it only uses you know, places that are authoritative, you know, where you know you're getting good information. Uh, it also has a great uh, way of uh, helping you find sources and then also teaching you how to document those sources within your uh, within your paper. So creating citations and things like that. Uh, so if you're teaching students anything about this research or, or documenting their research, uh, it's a must have. I think it's somewhere you need to point your students at. That's research and documentation online, fifth edition. I know sometimes I lay awake at night trying to remember the proper uh, MLA style sheet citation for authors uh, work site. Right. And, uh, you know, this, uh, this tells you right there, I don't have to, to, uh, lay awake any longer. Right. Right. Well, I, I certainly know, you know, uh, it, and I don't remember so much, I guess you had to do a little bit of this in high school. I think they have to do it more now than, than we did, but, uh, certainly in college, boy, uh, you know, if you didn't have everything uh, cited just right, well then you, you really shouldn't have even put it in there. I right. mean, you know, they yeah, count it, against that's you. Exactly right. It's better not to be there than to be wrong. Right, right. So, uh, I, you know, I think it's a good thing. I see English teachers uh, teaching this at least in the, at the high school level, and uh, it's certainly a good thing because that is one of those things that as your students go into college, uh, they it's a must-have. They've got to know how to do it. All right, my next tip, uh, tip uh, is called WinFF. WinFF, not a great uh, catchy name, but it's a uh, graphical front-end for the FFM uh, FFmpeg uh, library of tools. FFmpeg is a cross-platform Swiss Army knife of audio and video. 
it'll take anything, read anything, convert anything uh, to anything else, and spit it back out as anything else. It's just amazing what it can do, but it's just a command line tool. And the guys at winff.org have created a nice, simple GUI uh, for uh, uh, the the FFmpeg uh, libraries. It works for all the, every version of Windows from 95 to Windows 7 on all the Linuxes, uh, and I think on a Mac as well, uh, and and all also in in Unix. It's available in uh, multiple languages, um, and it's a, a free open source. It's a really great tool. Uh, if you're just if you need to convert some one thing to something else, and something like Handbrake or Format Factory just aren't doing it for you, FFmpeg will. And so WinFF is the way to go. All right. Yeah, it's nice that that has that uh, that GUI. Uh, I know me and Seth, uh, we could both appreciate that. Uh, yes, the so. GUI kids. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, my next one is livebinders.com. Uh, uh, I guess, you know, if you're in education, if you're a teacher, you probably already know about live binders. But of course, since this is a top five, I'm going to have to include it. Uh, if you haven't heard of live binders, you've got to go check it out. Uh, it's basically just a free website where you can go on there and you can uh, create sort of a digital binder and uh, uh make a presentation about just you know anything that you want uh what it basically does is it, it allows you to aggregate information from the web and you can also upload your own stuff and um uh, but uh what a lot of people do they have a which i hate but they have a uh like a a, a toolbar a browser toolbar that you can install uh that people who are heavy users of, of live binders swear by uh, because as you're surfing the web, you can just kind of mark things and it'll go to your live binder uh, automatically. So as far as ease of use, it's it's one of the easiest things out there to use. Uh, I see a lot of teachers, even at the elementary level, using live binders in the classroom uh, where their students can basically, it's almost like making a, a book report or something, you know, basically any kind of a report on anything where the kids can go out there, do their research on the internet and pull that that content into their live binder. Um, it's really interesting to see because when you see one of these and I see teachers using them and the students are actually using them for their presentation. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's neat or disheartening or, or kind of both at the same time because, uh, it's basically teaching students to grab other people's information. And you know, you know how a lot of teachers are so against like plagiarism, right? Right. Like you can't go out there and just grab something to put it into your work, but that's essentially what you do in live binders. So, uh, but you know, you can put in your own information as well. And of course the teacher's always there to dictate exactly how that binder is going to be made. So, uh, you know, I don't want to be, uh, blasting it because it is a really great thing. Um, and it's, uh, it's just another presentation tool that you can keep as well. I've seen a lot of teachers who like to do presentations in live binders because, uh, it's just, it's simple. It works the way their mind works and it's very easy to go through. And not only that, but you can share these binders so you can share them out to uh, whoever you want. Uh, so a uh, great tool, lots of teachers out there using it. If you haven't tried it or at least taken a look at it, check it out, livebinders.com. And that's a great one. And my next one is a uh, another resource site. It's uh, a fellow who is a listener to our show and, and uh, also just a, a uh, all-around 
um, informed and informative guy, professormesser.com, uh, where he has free online training tools for everything from the CompTIA uh, stuff to Microsoft stuff, uh, and it's all free. And he does offer paid trainings as well if you need something uh, more advanced. But you, if you want to do like your basic level stuff, your A plus and your net plus stuff, and you you want to do that, or your basic uh, um, Microsoft certs, uh, not the like MCSE, but the low level stuff, the stuff that will get you at a job, um, you know, at an office or or at the first level help desk. Uh, he's got all the training online. It's high quality video training available uh, both on the web and on the mobile device. And uh, it's good stuff. Professor Messer, uh, that's M-E-S-S-E-R dot com. Yeah, and uh, he's got great taste, too, the professor does. Because he's a listener to our show? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we love Professor Messer. So, uh, yeah, great shout out. I'm glad you included him in your uh, your year end your year tips. He's got a great site. Um, all right, I'll move along here. Uh, my next one is if it were my home.com. I remember that one. That was a great one. Yeah, that was early in the year that I did this one and it really is cool. It's, uh, certainly great, uh, a great site. If, uh, you want to get your kids kind of, uh, expand their worldview, uh, what you do at, if it were my home.com is you can go there and, uh, you can do a country comparison. You can compare any two countries, but the obvious starting place you're going to do is you're going to start with the U S since, you know, we, well, <laughs> I live in the U S I guess maybe if you're a listener in Australia, you might start with Australia, but, uh, you're going to start with your home country and then you can choose any other country in the world and you can compare them. So, uh, for instance, this is my uh, U.S. comparison to Ethiopia, and it's just going to give you some interesting stats there. So, if I lived in Ethiopia, I would have I would be uh, 12 times a uh, higher chance of dying in the infancy. 12 times, that's pretty high. Uh, three and a half times more likely to have AIDS. Uh, 3.1 times more babies. Uh, and I would die 22.44 years sooner, and it goes on and on. Uh, it'll give you a nice little overlay of uh, like that country in comparison to where you live. So uh, it, it overlays uh, Ethiopia around uh, the Dallas area, centered on the Dallas area, and uh, it's a little bit. I would say it's about 20% larger than Texas. So uh, so that's it's just a. Neat little uh, interesting factoids, I guess, uh, to kind of give you that world view. Um, uh, it goes on to does some comparisons about like how much electricity we use or how much oil we use and things like that. So uh, check it out if it were myhome.com. Okay, my next one is a, a fairly esoteric tool, not something you're going to use often, and it doesn't really even have a website, but it's a tool that I have used. Uh, and that I think is really great when you need it. And that is the Windows 7 USB slash DVD download tool. So if you need to install Windows 7 on, say, a netbook and you don't have access to a DVD, you can use this tool to create a bootable DVD, uh, excuse me, a bootable USB drive of your Windows 7 DVD. So you have to have the original Windows 7 DVD or an ISO file or something like that. Then you take that and uh, feed it into this program, and it will take a, a USB drive and make it bootable so that you can install Windows 7 from uh, USB. Handy tool. Uh, you can get it at uh, cnetdownload.com. Um, and, it again, it's not something you're going to use weekly, but it is a very handy thing when you need it. Yeah. 
well, and more and more so as people are uh, making that switch over. I think Windows 7 is is really the big one that seemed to be, you know, hooking people as far as converting from XP, don't you think? Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'll move on to another great one, uh, storybird.com. Uh, we had the CEO of Storybird on the Tightwad Teacher earlier this year. And uh, Storybird is just a, a, it's a site where they basically, they provide you with digital, basically the, the digital foundations of a book. So you've got uh, professionally created artwork and things like that. And then the students can go in and create the story. So they're, they're presented with uh, artwork and then they create the story uh, just, you know, out of their imaginations. Uh, with Storybird, the students can upload things. So like uh, they have characters, but you can upload like a picture of yourself. So if you're the student or whatever, you upload a picture of yourself and then you're in the story. So uh, there's a lot of different things that you can do there. Um, and uh, many of them are animated and, uh, and, and whatnot. So. Uh, really neat things you can do. There are some classroom management features. This is really geared towards classroom use. So uh, the free plan is up to 40 students in one class. So you actually are able to kind of manage that class. Uh, their paid for versions are very reasonable too, though. They've got a pro and a pro plus that are 69 and $99 a year. And uh, they give you 150 or 300 students. So you know, if you're a principal and you're wanting to go widespread with the use of Storybird, uh, you could do that, and it's very affordable. Gives you some extra options there as far as grading and uh, being able to put like digital rewards on on the books online and uh, whatnot. Uh, one of the greatest things about Storybird, though, is just this year they came out with uh, basically they will publish your students' books for you. Uh, so what this what this does is it creates a way for you to do some fundraising. Uh, you can have your students create these books, and you know I, the time has passed now. But you know, leading up to the holidays or really any time, you can have students create these books, and then you can put it out there as a fundraiser, and the the families and uh, family members and parents and grandparents and everything else can actually buy the book that that student created, and then it can raise uh, money for your classroom or for your campus or whatever. So. Uh, Check it out. It's very cool. Lots of teachers out there using it. Storybird.com. And I was just looking through some as you were talking, uh, not listening to you. Uh, and the, <laughs> the artwork it provides are really outstanding artwork. And the end result really is like a, a professional quality book. And uh, yeah. you put the text and they provide the rest. And it's great. Yeah, absolutely. And yet the, and yet the, the story is uniquely the students, you know. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a great site, and uh, you know when we talked to the CEO, uh, it was he was just a great guy, and uh, you know obviously very passionate about what he's doing, and uh, we actually got a scoop on the whole uh, fundraising thing because they they were just they hadn't quite released it yet, they were releasing it like later that week, so we got a scoop on that, which was kind of fun. And my last one is. Um from a company called Void Tools, V-O-I-D, and it's called the Everything Search Engine. Uh, and it works on uh, all versions of Windows from 2000 and up. And I believe there's also a Mac um, uh, version of it. Uh, let me look through here. No, it looks like it's just Windows now that I look at it. But it's a, a very, very fast, very comprehensive search. I have this on all my machines now. And uh, I don't, if you've ever used the Windows, uh, the search built into Windows 7, it's okay. It's kind of slow and kind of clunky. This thing is awesome. 
Um, you can search for anything on your hard drive on any of your hard drives in a matter of seconds. It indexes, you know, all of those search engines like that index to, to make it work, but it indexes in a very non-obtrusive way. You never really know it's there. Like the old uh, Windows XP indexing would make your whole system come to a halt while it was uh, indexing, but this one really doesn't do that at all. Um, and while you're, you know, you pull it up and you start typing, and as you type, the search uh, um, results change, and it's just, it's just great. It's my favorite search tool, and I can't recommend it highly enough. It's called the Everything Search Engine. Awesome. Yeah, uh, for guys like us, that's something that when you need it, you really can appreciate it. Yeah, when you have terabytes of data that you need to sift through while somebody's on the phone with you, you know. Um, right. It's a, it's a something you need. All right. Uh, well, I'll move right on with my last one, and that is online-convert.com. So online-convert.com with a hyphen in the middle there. Uh, this, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, file conversion tools out there, uh, things that probably guys like me and Mark would uh, much, you know, we'd much rather use. Um but this, as far as, you know, if you're a teacher out there and you're not super tech savvy and uh, you've looked at some other things and they seem kind of confusing, then you might want to check out online-convert.com. Uh, so if you're needing to, uh, you know, convert a media file, maybe a movie or something to a different uh, different format, maybe you've got it, uh, you know, in a MP4 and you need to, you know, convert it to Flash or something like that, uh, this site allows you to do that. It's got a very simple interface, so you just choose what format you're coming from and what you want to go to and uh and then you just kind of hit go and let it do its thing um so uh i i don't know what else i can say about that other than it's it's just dead simple um and it's probably going to take care of most of what you need out there uh, certainly most of what teachers do most of the file conversion that i see mark uh, when teachers are doing uh, file conversions is very basic conversions um so yeah, Check they often out. want to take the the audio out of a video, for example, you know, things like that. And it's it's great for that. Right, right. So, yeah, check it out, online-convert.com. All right, and if you have a tip that uh, we left out that you, you think you uh, have a better one than one of the ones we did here or, or one that we've not done at all, let us know, and you can contact us uh, over at elementopi.com. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Element Opie. You can leave us a voicemail at 559-IMOP, uh, or you can go to our website and use the leave us a voicemail widget, or you can do all of those things all in once from our new uh, mobile app on the Android market. Hopefully someday the Apple uh, market will happen too, but right now it's only in the Android market, and that's got all of our feeds and our contact and everything all in one place. So we look forward to hearing from you. Sean, anything else before we say goodnight? Just uh, another great show. And I will say that uh, uh, this is our uh, New Year's episode coming up soon, and I will encourage you that if you plan to drive even a little bit, don't drink even a little bit. And right. having said that, this is Mark signing off. And Sean signing off. <laughs>